I want to welcome each of you tonight to the Overcomers Support Group Meeting. And uh, what we do here is, is we, we talk practical, uh, we share, sometimes I'll share a story, I may have somebody um, come and share different things. So uh, has to do, you can be going through something, maybe somebody you know is in addiction, maybe you are walking out of addiction, maybe you got out of jail, maybe you just got out of rehab, um, and, and also, honestly, most of us are all overcoming the, the, the effects of this pandemic. So really, this meeting is for anybody. You don't have to, you just have to be human to come to this meeting. That's what I would say. You got to be human and you got to have made some mistakes. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we're, our, our motto is. This meeting is held live, usually at Rochester Assembly here in Minnesota. But of course, you know that we can't have meetings together um, in groups of, I think it's 10 or more. So um, we're, we're online until we get back into, uh, we get back into the, the, the new way of doing church, uh, new way of doing meetings. So uh, what I want to do is I want to pray, get us going. I'm going to share some very practical stuff. Welcome, Miss Stephanie. Um, very practical stuff. Uh, I stopped last week on, on step six of the 12 steps, and I just we're going to blow right through them, and I'm going to share a very practical word uh, that, that I have lived, and you're probably living every day. Um, also, I got this in the... In the uh, in a newspaper. Can you believe I still read the newspaper? Yeah, I still read the newspaper. So, um, I like the newspaper. I just like the way it smells. I love it. I'm, I'm kind of weird. So, what it says in here is that today is the National Day of Prayer, and I'm not sure if it's exactly today, but it says May the 7th, Thursday evening, 6.30 to 7 o'clock. So, that's what they're doing here in Minnesota so while I pray, I'm going to include that too, um, because I think our nation needs prayer. Absolutely. I think our kids need prayer, our nurses. I think everybody, I need prayer. You know what I mean? So, okay, I'm going to pray, and you can pray with me. You can just sit there and listen at whatever you prefer. Father, Lord, you are the creator of heaven and earth. God, you have made each and every one of us wonderful and beautiful. Lord, it says in your word that you knew exactly our purpose before we were born. And uh, Lord, coming from a background that I came from of absolutely wasting everything, that is hard to comprehend. And Lord, I pray right now that, that people would feel that there is a purpose for their life. Lord, whether they're furloughed, Lord, whether they're working, whether they're in a hospital and they're sick, Lord, I pray that there would be a sense of purpose across the earth today. Lord, right now in this moment, as many, many, many people are praying, Lord, I want to join in with this group of overcomers that are watching, God, that, that we would join together and pray that our nation would see the glory of God, not religion. They would see the glory manifest on the earth, and they would begin to see your hand moving in the earth, Lord, and, and moving about in, in, a, in a large way, God, in a very practical way. And I, Lord, we pray just the scripture that they have right here. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That's Habakkuk 2.14. Lord, we pray 
that tonight would be amazing. Lord, I pray your anointing would come and minister to every person watching like like we were all here together. Lord, I pray that your anointing would go and do what I can't do and what information cannot do but only revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get going. I'm going to put this up here so it doesn't fall down. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sure to do the Overcomer's Creed at the end. My mom, she always sends a message if I forget it. And uh, so, hey, I'm glad. You know, I love that. I love quoting that over over, uh, over myself and, and, and over you guys. So, like I said, last week we did step one through six of the biblical 12 steps. The 12-step program they, I love them. I have, I, I'm not a basher, and I never will be a basher. Um, I think that it works. It's in the Bible. If you can find it in the Bible and you apply it to your life, it's called, it, it works. Everything in the Bible, you can use it, and it's a principle, and, and it works. So as long as it's in the Bible, I'm good with it. And I, I found every 12-step, and the pastor that pastored me for so many years— he found it too, and he showed it to me. And uh, so we've we've looked at this model for, for several times. I say model. It's the 12 steps. It's just biblical. It's in the Bible. So, okay. All right. You'll, you'll see here in just a second. I have it laminated too. I would say that I would mail it to you, but, you know, it might take forever. So if you want a picture of this, I can surely send that picture to you through Messenger or whatever you prefer. Uh, so we're on to step seven. I'm going to blow through these because I want to share that real practical word because I, I, I've, I've been living it this week and, and I, I love words that I have lived. Uh, it's really easy to preach a word you hadn't lived, but what I figured out, if you preach it, you're going to live it the next day. So you better make sure you lived it before you preach it. So this is step seven. It says, humbly ask God to remove all of our shortcomings. So shortcomings is a word that doesn't get used very often. What that simply means is there is sin and there's shortcomings. So you may figure this out pretty quickly. I used to think my wife had a bunch of sin. And we, we do. I've got it too. But some things were just shortcomings. It wasn't sin. It was just the way she was wired. The, the, the way she thinks, her temperament, that stuff like that, that... That's that's just a, 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 I can see it as a shortcoming, but honestly, that's that's who she, that's how she's wired. She looks at me and says, that boy's got some shortcomings. And she is right. We all have shortcomings. We are wired differently. We, we, are, we are not wired the same. There is not one person on the face of the earth exactly like you. There is not one person on the face of the earth with your thumbprint. Can you see that? You're the only person ever that has that thumbprint. All just think all the people before you and all the people ahead of you. There will never ever ever be one person with your thumbprint ever. Keith Craft writes a book uh, and it's talking about your divine print. Your the I mean you, you, you're you're one of one and that's it. Okay. So, shortcomings can can be Showing up late, ignoring people, being immature, forgetting to do what your husband or wife told you, procrastinating, being silly, making a joke of everything. The, these are 
these are just things that you do that they're, they're not really some they can turn into sin but they're just shortcomings okay it's not necessarily sin but it's not necessarily christ-like behavior so it just kind of falls into the shortcoming area so this is what it says second corinthians 12 8 to 10 three times i begged the lord to take it away each time i said my grace each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in your weakness so now i am able to boast about my weaknesses which would be another word for shortcomings my weaknesses stuff that you just may be weak in maybe maybe self-image maybe uh confidence or just stuff like that is it's not sin it's just weakness or shortcoming that's why i take pleasure in weakness and in insult hardship, persecution, troubles that I suffer for Christ. When I'm weak, that then I am actually strong. All right, so step eight. I'm going to blow right on through these. Step eight, let's see what it says. All right, make a list of persons we've harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. That is a difficult one. It is a tough one. I'm going to give you some very practical information for that because let me tell you what. When I came to this, I had heard, I heard a lot of people. And there was a lot of them I couldn't contact. Some of them had passed away. Some of them I had no idea where they were. Some of them were in jail. I mean, it, you, you just you have to do the best you can with what you got. That's what I've learned. You may have to write some letters. And you may have to make some phone calls. That's okay. And another thing... God will give you an opportunity. Maybe it's not right now that you can make that amends. Here's another thing that I've, I've thought about too. It's a good practical way. Uh, maybe the person that has harmed you or that you've harmed has passed away. Take you a letter, put it in an envelope, and attach a balloon to it. Take it somewhere, and whatever happened, maybe it was a pain, maybe it was a deep wound in your heart or a hurt, maybe it was abuse. I don't know. You fill the blank in and and just release it. You, you, see, you see how that works? Because you're actually releasing it. You're letting it go. I mean, you can write on the back, uh, whoever finds this. You know, we used to do that when my cousin passed away. And we would just uh, write a letter, you know, to him. And we would put a balloon, and that thing would, I mean, I mean, it's just cool. It's really cool. So be careful how much personal information you write on there because writing a bunch of personal information, somebody finding it. So what you can write, very simple. I forgive you so-and-so, or will you forgive me? You know, just, just something practical where you can release it. Um, okay, so this is... Uh, Repentance is not just saying sorry. It's choosing to do the right thing, going the right direction, being the bigger person. This is uh, Matthew five twenty three. It says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice right there at the altar, go be reconciled, then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. I've went down to the altar before and had a fence against somebody and knew I had to deal with it. So after that service, made the phone call, made the adjustment, had the conversation, 
A lot of times it just turned out to be a misunderstanding. So be aware the enemy works on people. And that's that's where offense comes in. Something gets misunderstood, gets blown away. You ever overreacted? God, I've overreacted probably most of my life. But there's always a way to make it right. God will always give you an opportunity to make it right. Have a conversation. Usually it just move right on. And sometimes you can't have a conversation. So what you can do is you can just write in your prayer time, Lord, I release this person to you. I am not sure what happened. Uh, things didn't go well, whatever. W- would you would you heal my heart? Would you heal their heart? And begin praying for them. I know it's hard, but it's worth it to have that peace and that rest in your soul. That is what is priceless. Okay. Step nine. So we got a couple more to go. All right. Step nine says, make direct amends in, to such people wherever possible except when it would do harm or injure others. Just like I said, some things you can do, some things you can't do. David will tell you right here as a, as a, as a counselor that some, sometimes it's not good to go and have that conversation because it would actually, it would just make it worse. And then there would be more and more offense and more and more just, so sometimes you just have to let them go. Uh, and what I've what I've learned too is sometimes it's not a conversation. Sometimes it's just doing something kind to that person, and it just it just gets rid of that that funk or or maybe just that 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 uh whatever it is in between you guys. And and the the Bible says, and this kind of blew me away. Giving a gift can open a door. Maybe you just send them a gift card for ten dollars somewhere. It, it's just love. It's it's love is always appropriate. Whether whether it be money, whether you write them a letter, hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, just wanted to tell you that that I was thinking about you. You know that that kind of stuff goes a long way. It can really heal a lot of stuff. So just uh, really, you just have to listen to the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you, and if you ask him, he's going to show you. Um, because he's creative. He'd teach you some stuff. He taught me a bunch of stuff. I've lived in a box when I, you know, I just thought Christianity was a box. And the more I thought like that, the the, the less effective and more frustrated I became. So here, here's a scripture. That's Luke 6, 31. It says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Simple as that. My son is learning that right now. You know, his sister's little right now, so she can take the picking on. But when she gets bigger, it's going to be a little more difficult uh, to, to pick on her and her her not return it. So, step 10. We just got a few more. All right. So, step 10, it says, continue to take personal inventory where we were wrong and promptly admit it. That's tough. That kind of goes in with step one, admitting that Hey, admitting we got a problem. Okay. So step step 10 is the same thing. Taking that personal inventory and saying, hey, you know what? I was wrong about that and admitting it. That it's That's the tough part, but it feels so good when you do it. Hey, you know what? I was wrong about that. I've kind of, I've kind of taken on this stance that I assume I'm wrong first. And it makes it easier for me to navigate through the rest. But when I don't do that, it's really difficult 
to hear somebody else say, hey, you were wrong. And I'm like, I wasn't wrong. And so then it, it, it just makes it so much more difficult to navigate. Here's the thing. If you, if you assume you're wrong first and you find out you weren't, that's even better. Even better. So this is, a, this is about evaluating and making corrections. Continuously, 16 years later, I still am evaluating my life, making corrections, tightening up. It is a must because it's so, this is going to tie right in to what I'm going to share in just a little bit. This is Galatians 6, 4 through 5. Pay careful attention to your own, your own work. <laughs> I, am, I ain't going to say nothing else about that. Uh, but just fo- focus on your own self. And that is hard to do. It is hard. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Staying in your lane is super difficult, but let me tell you something. It is super rewarding because you're not you're not critical of anybody else. You're just focusing on yourself and you you actually have more grace to offer to other people. Because you're just focused on your own lane. I'm not talking about being isolated and self-absorbed. I'm talking about just focusing on your results, how you can evaluate, you know, how, how am I doing this week? How's my attitude? How's my mouth? Then it's easier to give grace because you already know your own shortcomings and your sin. It just makes for an easier perspective of life. Okay, that's step number 10. So we're going to move right into step 11. This is this is a uh this is a good one here. It may take some time to to form this habit, but this is a good one. All right, step 11 says seek through prayer and meditation to improve conscious contact with God. Pray for God's will for our lives and the power to carry it out. It's pretty practical. But you know, every time you try and do that, it seems that all the things, all the distractions in the world come against that time. They come up against that and, and they push. Because that right there is where you're going to sort out most of your issues. You're going to figure out, wow, I'm doing these 10 things that are wearing me out. Why am I doing them? Am I just doing them? just to do them, and and you'll figure out a lot of wasted time, and then you can really figure out where you can place your time. Um, I I told a guy a long time ago, man, you know, I'm so busy, and he said, well, what are you doing? And he sat down with me, and we wrote our schedules out, Monday Monday through Sunday, and come to find out, I was less busy than he was, and he was more available than I ever made myself out to be. And he said, John, it's about time management. You're doing the things that God called you to do, and that's it. You don't have to fill your life with all this other stuff. You do what God's called you to do, and you have plenty of time. You you, you really do. And so you're never having to tell people, man, I'm too busy. I'm just too busy. And God's always looking for somebody to use, and if you're too busy then he's going to have to look for somebody else. So it was really good to have somebody sit down 
And when you write out the stuff that you do, you figure out, why am I doing this? What is the reason for me doing this? And so I believe in doing good things. I believe in being charitable. I believe in serving and giving and loving. I'm just, just write down and it kind of helps you realize, wow, I've got a lot of time. I'm not using, I'm really not as busy as I thought I was. Okay. So seek through prayer and meditation to improve conscious contact with God, asking for the will of God and the power to carry it out. Okay. So step 12, this is the last one. All right. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this process, not saying that this is a formula, but as you're doing this, you're gonna have you're you're gonna become awakened. God's gonna encounter you as you're doing this. Okay? So, as a result of these steps, we carry this message to other people that are other people that are are addicts and practice these principles in our own affairs. Now, I'm going to spend some time right there, okay? Because we got to be careful. We can't, uh, you can't do like I did. And I got born again and I went straight to all my buddies. You know, I was like, man, I'm going to tell them all about the Lord. That's a good feeling and that's a good thought and that, that is good news. You betcha. But that you've got to be a little smart. You you can't you can't go to the bar and tell your buddies about the Lord when you used to be an alcoholic. That it just it doesn't really it's that smart. And what happened to me is I did that, and of course there I am again relapsed. So you just have to kind of think it through. And 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 I was I was more of an actor more than I than I just said, hey, let's think this through. What's going to be the smartest path? So there's a practical way to do that. I am the biggest believer in having having a spiritual awakening without an encounter from the Lord, without a moment that you can point to and say, man, God did something in that living room, in that basement, in my car. I can take you, I can tell you the date, July the 7th, of 2007, I was born again at an altar. I can tell you, I can take you straight there. I mean, I'll never forget that moment, ever. Forever ingrained in my mind. But there were a bunch of moments after that, in my living room, in my car, uh, at, 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 a, at another church service. You know, I could tell you a whole bunch of moments, and there's gotta be a lot of them. You can't just have one. God's always wanting to encounter you. That way you are becoming transformed. I think going to church is great, but encountering God is way better than that. And we should go to church, but we can't right now. So right now, encountering God is all you can do. And let me tell you what, it will get you the strength you need to make it through anything. You know, it it's better than hearing a preacher give you a word. You can get your own word. Okay, I, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail about that but you can get the own, you can get your word straight from him. So, all right. Now that you're a new creation, some at, at some point between 1 and 12, something began to happen. Something was welling and stirring up in you. And God was saying, "Hey, I, I want to interact with you. I want to fellowship with you." And you began that that conversation with him. "Hey, Lord, I need some help. You know, all these all these are interactions with God. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a firm believer. That is how encounters happen. Engaging God, asking him questions, confessing, repenting. That is how, that is, that's how this happens. That's how you continue a healthy walk with Jesus. Now that you're a new creation and you're walking in freedom and victory, you will begin a discipleship process. That is super important. I'm not saying that you just pray to prayer and you're good, so on and so forth. That is excellent. But discipleship is how you maintain freedom and stay connected and continue to move forward, not not you know up and down and up and down. Now it will be up and down, but you, you're still constant. There's a there's a constant there. You have an accountability partner, somebody you can share with. Hey, this is what's going on, and you'd be amazed what a five minute conversation with with somebody that 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 is supporting your recovery and that loves you and that has a has a daily walk with Jesus. It that's amazing. Uh, honestly, it has kept me going for 16 years. So this keeps you seeking more freedom so you can help others. But if if there's no accountability, you don't have anybody that, you know, is asking you, hey man, how you doing? How you doing on the internet? How you doing? Uh, are you, you, you have any, any relapses or, or, you know, what's going on? Or who's that girl? Or, you know, just asking you questions that are challenging. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a good thing. Because challenge provokes you to think, well, it, did God is you know where's God in all this? And so it it helps you not be stagnant. Stagnant is water that's not moving, and we all know water that doesn't move attracts the worst bugs. For me, I I hate them. Mosquitoes. Oh, they're they are terrible, and. You know, water that doesn't move attracts that, and it—I mean, just—it just begins to stink. And water that doesn't move is not good. And so you want to be moving. You want to be water that's moving, right? Because there's life that comes from that, right? All right. So this is Mark, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he told them, "Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone." Let me tell you what: if you have an encounter with God. You're coming out of recovery. You're coming out of jail. Whatever your case may be, you will have opportunities to preach the good news. Now, I'm not saying you have to walk right up to them and lead them in a three-point prayer. A lot of times, it'll start with building a relationship with them, befriending them. That, that's a good start. And then an opportunity will come forward. This is what happened to me. One day, I was painting cars, and my helper the guy that was helping me get the cars ready, I'd pull them in there, paint them. The guy pulls me to the side and he said, hey, you haven't once uh, smoked a cigarette or went outside for a dip and you don't cuss and I haven't heard you talk any about your 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 wife or or other girls. I know you're a Christian. And and I, I, I didn't, I never, I never pushed that. I figure like this, if you live it, people will ask questions. They'll ask because you can figure it out real quick who is and who isn't. Somebody could tell you, hey man, I am a big time believer. Well, we'll see about that. And, and I'm not saying people are perfect, but you'll notice a difference. There is a aroma that comes off this person. 
and and you're like, man, I don't know what it is about that joker there, but they're some something's different about. They're not perfect. And and listen, don't look for perfect because that ain't gonna be. There was one man that was perfect. He came and he left, and he's coming back. So we we are becoming Christ-like. So when you when you show that nature, they're gonna see it, and it gives you perfect opportunity to share your story. Hey, you know what, man? I was just as lost as I could be, and I, and God intervened in my life. And and it's just so compelling when you share it like that. I mean, it's it. I mean, it it happened to me. If you've ever had somebody do that to you, it was so compelling their story. So, all right. Now, we are done with the 12 steps. So, like I said, if you want me to send you that, I can send that to you through Messenger. Just let me know. I'm, I'm The mailing thing, it takes forever to get to you. So, this is what I want to share for the next 15 minutes. I want to share this word uh, on making habits. Uh, this, this week, I was asking the Lord, what do I share? Lord, what do you want to share this week? What, what is practical, Lord? People don't want to hear preaching. They love, they love to hear the truth, but they love to hear it in a, in a tangible form. Because right now, you can watch any preacher on the earth, right now, on your, on your deal, for five minutes, always oh, good, always oh, not. You know, they're looking for practical information that turns into revelation so they can live it. That's what they're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Man, uh, I want to, hey, I want to know how to overcome this or do this. You know, that's that's what we're all doing. We're all wanting to grow. We're not wanting to stay the same, you know. So here's a story I'm going to share with you. Are you ready? So this pilot was having this conversation with this guy. And I'm going to share a statement with you, and it may shock you. So this pilot, he said, With the planes I fly, I drive to the runway and push a button. The plane takes off, flies all the way there, lands itself, and I park it at the back gate. So what he was saying is, I don't really have to do anything. Like, my work and my habit is very minimum. So when this when this plane jumps out of autopilot, it, it freaks us out because we are so accustomed to it flying itself. So when, when we run into a situation like that, usually they have to react pretty quickly. And if you don't do something every day, you kind of panic when that happens. So... This is what this is what the end of the article says. Commercial flying has become so sophisticated that a pre-programmed autopilot function now does most of the work of a pilot. That is great for efficiency, but the more a pilot relies on autopilot, he or she loses their actual flying skills, just like I was saying. You'd be surprised how many plane crashes happen because the autopilot disengages and the pilot wasn't ready or equipped to fly without it. Man, that makes me more nervous. I don't I didn't like flying to begin with. 
Now reading that, I'm like, oh Lord, I'm going to die. You know, every time I get in a plane. But you know what? That stuff happening, it is kind of rare. And it, you know, it happens, but. So it's the same way with life. Autopilot is dangerous. And anytime we get in autopilot, man, we are usually, by the time we figure out that a mess has happened, the autopilot disengages and we see, oh, wow, it's a big mess. So making habits is very easy. Stopping habits is not easy. God begins to speak to each one of us about something before it becomes a bondage. He will usually say, hey, you have been doing this or that for so long and, and it's not, it's not going to fare well if you continue in this pattern. It could be work hobbies. It could be, it could be anything. For me, I want to be very vulnerable and share. For me, it was TV. It was a TV show. And, 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 I, and I am not against TV at all. But for me, I'm in Bible school. I'm almost done with my Bible school. I've, there are things that, that I should be I should be reading my Bible and studying it to know more. And, and I do that, but I was just, I'm kind of the nature, if you've ever been an addict, you kind of default to that, to that behavior. And they say, once an addict, always an addict. I, I believe to a, a certain extent, God will set you free. But you certainly default to like all or nothing mentality, which is not very healthy. And you kind of learn it as you go. That's why you got to have the Holy Spirit. If you used to be an addict, you got to have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit helps you so much navigate like, hey, that is not going to help you if you do that three or four nights in a row. So I'm going to share that with you. Um, so. I would watch this show. I used to watch cops all the time. I love cops. I just, because I can relate. That used to be my life. You know, and, and hopefully there's nothing on TV about any of the crazy wild stuff that me and my friends ever did. But it's just, I mean, I, I, I can relate. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what they're going to do. They're going to pull you over. Okay, da, da, da. I mean, I know the whole process a hundred times. It's happened to me a hundred times. So Live PD has a show where it's the body camera. And so I'm always like interested, like, oh my gosh, look how fast they're going. Wow, you know, they're really running from them cops. And, uh, and, and so if I could have a second career, it would be like a, uh, uh, you know, a SWAT agent or a homicide investigator. I'm just, I, I'm just curious. And so to me, it was just, just some downtime watching TV. Well, then I was doing it two or three nights a week you know, after everybody was asleep, and, and I was like, you know what? I should probably be asleep right now. I should probably be in bed, because I got to wake up and travel every morning. I travel every day. So, my wife has always told me, John, listen, everything in moderation. She is the most moderate person that I have ever met in my life. She can keep anything in balance, and so I don't know what she did the, uh, to, um, to get stuck with me, but you know, I just thank God, whatever she did, that she stuck with me. So, anyways, it's it's moderation. You know, balance is good. Some people do not like balance. I think balance 
is healthy. If you are out of balance, you don't like balance, right? If you are living in disorder, you don't like order. And I think peace and all that stuff comes from being healthy. I mean, you, you can't you can't eat cheeseburgers every day for a whole year and think you're going to be healthy. I mean, that that is that ain't going to work. I've tried that before. That led me to the doctor. And they were like, you got to get on uh, this kind of medication, you know. So I think, I think uh, healthy and balance are good things. So habits are something that are formed, that you do that are formed. And the more you do them, the more habitual that you are. So my work every day, I do the same thing every day, multiple times a day. If I start doing something wrong, I begin to build a memory of that habit. And I will do that every time, even though it's wrong. And so what happens is, the more I do that wrong, the more it affects my team. And so it lowers our rating. Well, that that is not good. That ain't going to work. So I have to be clearly focused on my habits. Clearly focused that I'm doing the right thing and that I'm not getting bad information about my habit that I'm forming. Do you see what I'm saying? And if you've got bad information and you form a habit, then you repetitively default to that. So to keep from doing that, I find out all the info I can about what I, what I do in my work. And, and we really we educate ourselves. We research and make sure that we're doing the right thing because that's how you get good results in, in, in the job that I do as an inspector. Okay, just be aware that you are not doing something. Oh, hang on, let me back up. Just be aware that you are not going to something instead of going to the Lord to get what you need. Okay, if you make a habit of going, well, I'm going to go to this preacher here and hear what he's got to say. Well, God may want to speak to you directly. He may want to tell you something directly. But what I have learned is if you listen to a bunch of podcasts, it'll be the same theme all over. And so it, it doesn't matter. He's going to get his point across. But the habit forming of going to other people to hear the word when you can hear it straight for yourself, that, that can be a bad habit forming. Okay, here's something. Write this down. I'm going to say it twice. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become behavior behavior becomes character. Okay? I'm going to say it one more time because it's it's super important. Pastor John put this in one of his messages and I have wrote it down and I say it as much as I can so I never forget it. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become behavior. Behavior becomes your character. So your thoughts are important. That's why the Bible says Capture them thoughts. Catch them. Stop them. And make them obey Christ. Because if they're bad thoughts, you start speaking them, then, I mean, it's just a cycle. So, okay? All right. So these are some practical habits for myself. Okay? I have a history of substance abuse. I was a big-time substance abuser. Any substance I could find that wouldn't abuse me, I abused it. Okay? Anything, this is what me and my buddy said, anything with a side effect. People said, what drugs did you use? And I said, anything with a side effect. If it would numb, 
the emotions, the brain, or the heart, or the body. I used it. I did not use needles because I, I, I do not like needles. I don't even like shots. So I did stay away from that area. You would be proud. Okay? All right. So when I was trying to surrender all my addictions, my whole jacked up, messed up life to the Lord, I had to separate from people that were doing the very things that I had to make good habits. So when I was trying to quit smoking, dipping, drinking, popping pills, smoking pot, all the other stuff that goes along with it, uh, fighting, all that stuff, I had to separate myself from them friends. Did I love them friends? Yes. Do I still love them friends? Yes. But I had to, I said, listen, God is doing something in my life. I don't know what it is, but I know I have to lean into it. And, and they understood. They didn't take it personal. I wasn't judging them. So anyways, more habits, good habits. Here's two big habits right now. Making habits right now about these two things is super important. Fear and faith. The majority of my life, I lived in fear of this happening to me, getting shot, getting murdered, getting, you know, just, I mean, when you lived the ignorant way that I lived my life, you expected these things to happen. Going to jail for the rest of my life, which I nearly did. Getting cancer from all the stuff that I was doing. I mean, all these things were in my head because of the way I was living. So I lived in fear. I was always expecting these things to happen. Losing my job, which I lost a lot of jobs. Now that, now that fear, hang on. Now that fear is gone, for them things, I live in faith. What I will say about fear is that fear is a spirit and it comes at you. This is what the Bible says. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Fear comes at you to intimidate you and stop you from doing something that you're supposed to do. And, and it tries to paralyze you. It tries to make you stop doing something. What I learned is if you tell that fear to leave, it's got to go. But you don't tell it to leave in the name of John because it, it, it doesn't respond to that. It, you have to say, fear, you got to go in Jesus' name. And you begin to speak the word out, and that's making a good habit. You're going to encounter fear. You're going to encounter anxiety, stress, worry. As you live life, you're going to encounter a lot of things. You've just got to know how to, how to make a habit of saying, hold up, this is weird. I, I mean, I don't know why fear has come up. Da, 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 you know, and, and you've just got to continue. Perfect example. Today, I had an opportunity um, to do something. Well, then fear came over me. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. What are these, you know, what is so-and-so going to think? Da, da, da. And it was just an encouraging word to a person. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing bad. And it was just all this stuff. And I was like, where's all this stuff coming from? And you'll realize when you begin to maybe say something out of the norm to somebody, you're going to encounter fear and intimidation. Like, oh, wow, what if, what if they think you're weird? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm weird. I don't, I'm not worried 
And so if you sort through all these emotions, you begin to make a habit of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith. I'm believing that I have an encouraging word for this person. I want to share it with them. And it wasn't nothing huge, but it made a difference in that person's life today. I could see it on his face and uh, he was thankful. And here's the thing too. Somebody may be wanting to share something with you and they're struggling going through the same stuff. So you're going to encounter fear. Okay. You can just tell it, Hey, Hush your mouth. That's what I say. Hush your mouth. Okay? All right. Here's here's what I realized. Most of the things that we fear never, ever happen. Ever. Okay? All right. Another habit for myself. Okay? Studying and researching. I am huge on documentaries. I... Love docu. I learn something every time. I watched this documentary on lions. Me and Christine did before we had kids. <laughs> you see, yeah, right. Yeah, we we used to watch all kinds of documentaries. I'm a documentary guy. I love that stuff. Learning. I love to learn. I didn't learn most of my life, right? I knew everything. I didn't need to learn. I was. I knew everything about everything. I knew everything. There's no no need to learn. But now. I know how stupid I was. So now I'll learn as much as I can because I just, I like to learn. I'm a student. So researching. I love to get to know why we do the things we do. Why do we read the Bible? Why is this like this? And and I'm, I'm a question asker. I ask questions. Okay. All right. Another good habit that for, for myself, making habits is important. They'll either bless your life or they won't bless your life, okay? Praying, reading, fasting, and personal evaluation. We talked about them tonight in in the 12 steps. I don't have a regular time that I do all this. I used to be really structured. I did it in the morning, got up early, and I don't know. When I moved up here to Minnesota, it just all changed. Everything changed, and of course, you got kids. So when everybody goes to bed, it's kind of when I have, you know, time to pray and think through stuff and uh, read my Bible. And that usually leads to uh, snoring and, you know, that spiritual stuff. But I am trying to stay awake. And, um, you know, during the day at my lunch break, sometimes I'll read. And so there's I don't have an exact time. And and fasting, I, I usually do that one day a week. Um, oftentimes the Lord will tell me, Hey, I want you to fast for this period of time. And I'm like, wow, that's a long time, you know, and fasting can be different. It can be not eating one meal. It can be liquids. There's, there's a Daniel fast with the vegetables. And so just be creative. Don't get intimidated when you hear these words in the Bible. So they're good habits. They help you stay stay in order. They help you stay moving forward, okay? All right, having fun. That is a good habit, and it is overlooked so often. And people say, oh, that's not very spiritual. That is so spiritual. Having fun is like, it's something for your soul. You know when you just laugh so hard, it feels so good? That is good for your soul, good for your life, okay? 
I laugh a lot because I make a lot of stupid comments. And so it's easy to laugh because I, I, I say stuff. I was driving down the road and I busted out laughing at something that I said years ago. And I couldn't believe I said it. But then I realized that I really, I was just ignorant. Like, you know, I've been for a long time and it really didn't surprise me. So have fun. It's okay. You don't have to be serious. Uh, me and another guy were talking about, you know, to be holy, you have to be really serious. And, and so I struggle with holiness because I'm, I'm serious about so, uh, you know, we were watching our wedding, uh, our wedding, you know, you, people film stuff after your wedding and they're like, John, you're never serious. And I'm like, that guy knows me. I love him. And then they told my wife, you know, Christine, you're too serious. And I'm like, yeah, they know her too. And so we have fun together. There's That is good. Your kids want to grow up in a house where you guys have fun, okay? All right. Eating healthy, exercising. Stan Powell will tell you about that. Exercising, you have to do it. I used to think, I don't have to exercise. The older you get, your muscles need that. And you, you, you need to have plenty of protein for your muscles, okay? So I'm learning that, okay? You have aches and pains, and then you... Your back will get all messed up, and Stan has helped me so many times with my back. Okay, so having a positive attitude, it's important. It, it's really important because it is hard to have a positive attitude. If you have a gratefulness in you, and you begin to think about all the things that God has given you, and then you see somebody else that doesn't have half the things that you have, I'm not talking about money or material possessions. I'm talking about like healthy children. I'm talking about children that are alive. I'm talking about a spouse that's good to you. Uh, that you know, I, I'm just talking about just being thankful. It is easier to live life through the lenses like that. Okay. All right. I'm gonna wrap. I'm getting. I'm, I'm wrapping it up. You'd be so proud of me. Um, I'm a firm believer in positioning yourself for encounters. I. I believe if you are practical, you read the Bible, you you're you're moving forward with with your uh, with your born again experience, uh, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, asking the Holy Spirit to fill you up. You're gonna encounter God. He's gonna transform you time and time again. That leads to lasting change. Twelve steps are great. They are a good way to evaluate your life. Lasting change is continuously doing this, continuously moving forward. I know change is never fun, but we all need it. It it what it does for us when we change, when God always shifts us and moves us, it keeps us from being complacent. Complacency is scary. That is autopilot. And autopilot in your marriage in your life, in your recovery, will never, ever be a good thing. It will always lead you backwards. Think of it like a slide. Walking with Jesus, doing your recovery, your, your, your health, exercising, you're either going up the slide, like running up, or you're sliding down the slide. That's, that's really the truth. To, Pastor John said that, I mean, a while back, and, and I, it just stuck in my head. Uh, it, it, it's part, it's part of that backsliding process. And, and that's a hard word to say nowadays, 
but it's easier for you to say it to yourself uh, than somebody come up to you and go, hey man, uh, what's going on? You know, how you doing? Things aren't looking so good. And you would rather deal with it privately than somebody have to publicly come up to you. Um, I would much rather that myself. Tonight, really, really, really practically, clear the stage. Make good habits. Habitually focus on Jesus, that he is the only one that can feel every need in our heart. All these longings in your heart, all the things that, that you may need or want or desire, a lot of times when you spend time with him and, and you're doing, you know, you're, you're praying, you're, you're just sitting there, you're just thinking about how good he's been to you, a lot of that stuff goes away. And I mean, I have a lot of things that I want to do. I have a huge bucket list and that's fun to me. That's fun. I love, I, I think bucket lists are great. You live one time, you know what I mean? You live once and if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing on the earth and you're, you're seeking the Lord, you're going to have a, a full life. You won't need anything else. But you will get to do stuff just because it's fun. It's not that you have to do it. Oh my gosh, when I do this, I'm going to be happy. No, you can be happy right now. You don't have to wait. Happiness is not a future event. It's, 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 a, it's a culmination of thoughts. Oh my gosh, look how great my life is. And then you become the, the happiness starts, oh wow, man, I am healthy Man, thank God, da, 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 da. my kids are here. I've got, you know, I mean, anyways, don't get me started. The Lord doesn't desire that we live in confusion, fear, worry, stress, anxiety. He desires that we live John 10, 10. That is, the enemy may have came, stole, killed, and destroyed before. He desires that we live a life too abundantly. And that doesn't mean you're going to be a billionaire. You might, and that's great. And if you do, praise God. You'll just give it all away anyway. But it means that you will have abundance in your heart, abundance in your house, uh, your kids. It would just be a joy. Not that you won't go through hard times or it'd be a struggle in life, but you would you would just live that rich life, okay? Not money, rich. Just, just man, you know, fellowship with good friends and just stuff like that. That's that's rich. Relationship with your parents. That's that's the things that are really rich. Money can't buy some of the greatest things on earth, okay? Never forget that, okay? There's a lot we can't control right now. We can control our emotions, decisions, and our reactions, okay? All right. I'm going to bring this to a close because we've got just a few minutes left. I never want to close these meetings out. Um, without doing a few things because I believe it's appropriate anytime you share anything uh, has to do with the word or you, you know anything like that I think you should always give an invitation a pastor taught me up here that never ever close out a meeting without giving an invitation and you know ever since I started doing that people began to take the invitation okay so you never know what's going on in somebody's life, okay? When all around us is crumbling, listen, 
The only rock we can stand on is Jesus. You know? That's, I mean, that's all we have to stand on right now. If you don't know that rock, maybe you heard about that rock before. I know for me, I had no idea where to start. But you know, to, I'm going I'm to tell you where to start tonight. The rubber meets the road with a few decisions, okay? Let's be the people as we move forward that, that give these invitations, these opportunities, okay? If you've met, never made Jesus your Lord, you never said, Lord, you know, I really need you and I want to begin to build this fellowship. I want to begin to build this relationship and learn how this works. Okay, if you've never done that, you can do that right now. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. You can pray on your end, and I'll pray on my end, okay? And you, you know who you are. There'll be another one for two different kinds of people, okay? So right now, if you're that person that says, I've never really surrendered my life to Jesus, but I would love to start tonight, okay? So here we go. Ready? Jesus, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness I ask that you would write my name right now in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. And I ask you to be Lord over my life from this point forward. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I'm not telling you that things are going to be perfect. I'm just telling you that you have opened the door to a wonderful fellowship and relationship with Jesus. And I would love to help you. You can message me and say, John, I prayed that prayer. Uh, I can send you some stuff, really help you continue to walk out uh, practical things. Very practical, okay? If you heard me say several times about Holy Spirit, John, what is, a, what is the Holy Spirit? That just scares me. I don't know what that is. I want to invite you to pray another prayer with me, Okay. This used to freak me out. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my Christian life absolutely changed. I don't even know what I was thinking trying to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. It, honestly, it was really hard trying to do everything in my own strength. It, I mean, just it wore me out. So anyways, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just all you got to do, we're going to pray real quick. And I'm not saying it's going to happen right now. I don't know when it'll happen. Only you'll know. And you'll know when it happens, okay? All right. Holy Spirit, I ask you to feel me right now that you would lead every decision that I make in my life and that you would walk with me from this moment on. I surrender to your leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer too, message me. Hey, John, I asked for the Holy Spirit to fill me tonight. And, and I'll send you some stuff too, and I can help you. Um, really, that's what it, 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 you have to have somebody with you. If not, then you will just get discouraged, and you will feel defeated, and you'll just, you'll just resort to, oh, well, it's not real. And, you know, I, I've been living it for a long time, and it is, it is it's harder to say it's not real because I see it every day of my life. So just let me know what, what we can do to help you. We can send you some stuff. 
I can pray with you. I can talk to you and call you, tell you some stories that have happened to me, and we can just walk together. That's the best way. I'm not going to just throw you a booklet and wish you the best because that is not the 